Well, hey, I'm not perfect. By the way, neither are you, okay? Also, what, now you're above a little uh, chicanery? Look, this isn't a perfect world we're trying to save, okay? And if I'm not perfect trying to save it, then so be it. is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I talk about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. We're in season 13. How are you doing today, Chris? Are you well? I'm doing all right. You okay. know, when you told me this was a mob episode, yep. I mm-hmm. rolled my eyes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I uh, I was quite surprised by what I saw here. We, we, may have, we may have something that's relatively unusual in this podcast, which is a uh, a, a disagreement. Like, because you, mm-hmm. as you were watching this episode, you were texting me and like, this is how, th- you know, how could it get better than this? I think was your, Dude, was it's your just, go-to it's phrase. guys being dudes. What's better than this? And I just, I, I could not believe that you were saying that. I was almost uh-huh. falling asleep during this episode. I found it so That's boring. how I am every episode of season 13. Okay. There's so much at stake all the time, but they haven't really been able to make me fully care about any of it whatsoever. Um, even Sam and Dean, like, what are they doing? <laughs> what, what's been... We're, we're just kind of... They literally, they address it in this episode. Yeah. The writers are like, yeah, they haven't done anything proactive for the entire season. Um, they, none, of, none of their actions mean anything. Mm-hmm. um they just yes. keep losing sam, sam does call this exact same thing out so yeah yeah i was like good at least they know it so this episode just to see them doing shit i was so happy um it's it's you know i i think my problem with it is that it just feels kind of hokey when supernatural tries to do this uh mm-hmm. a lot of people know that or probably have heard that i wasn't like a huge fan of the the black and white episode where they like they had the fake dracula or whatever like they, when they do the 50s oh, yeah, movies yeah, yeah. thing like i I know that's a lot of people's like great. That's one of their best episodes or whatever. But for me, like sometimes, sometimes a lot of the stuff just comes across as hokey and silly mm-hmm. in a way that I don't like mm-hmm. my supernatural to be. And that's how I feel like this episode is like, they really tried hard to lean on this like f- noir kind of thing, like noir mm-hmm. mob boss t- vibe. Um, and it's really interesting because it's written by Andrew Dabb and Robert Singer, who were, you know, notably some of the best supernatural writers. And then it's directed by Amanda Tapping, who, was the scary angel uh, that stuck a bunch of needles in Castiel's eye. Right, 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 right. Um, right. And she's done a, a reasonably good job on directing the episodes that she's directed. I, so I was really surprised that I kind of came out of this going like, yeah, oh, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. good. And then like, it definitely feels like a fucking JRPG quest when they go through this. So that, that this was... This is true. This is true. <laughs> that That's was, why I liked it so much. That was part um, of the bummer for me. So. Yeah, it's weird. I know we're still in the intro, but I, I guess to follow up on my comments, season 13 is so weird to me because it's the most solid season we've had in a long time. It feels like, um, like everything, like the building blocks are all there, but I, I'm, the more, like the further into it we get, I realize how little I'm actually invested in any of what they're doing or like what's going on. Um, which is not good. And I don't know if that's me or if that's the show, but yeah, I guess maybe because this was such a hokey out of left field monster of the week episode, it just like brought me back to life with supernatural. I don't know. We'll see as we go through it. <laughs> Well, before we get too far into this episode, um, let's thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Invite all of anybody who wants to support us to go join the Patreon and get cool benefits. Um, episodes early, we get exclusive podcasts, we get all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so go check that out. We'll also have some new merch coming out. So go check out our t- our page on Tee Public. 
Um, we have some cool stuff coming out over there. We have some cool stuff there already, but we do have some cooler stuff coming. So be sure to check all of that out. Chris, uh, as much as you hate season 13, apparently. Do you I don't hate remi- it. Do you want to remind us what's been going on? I just don't, I don't feel anything for it, which is maybe worse than hate. Um, <laughs> okay, last time of Supernatural, Don, he had to go, and Castiel was the one to take him out. Now armed with the spell to open a door to the apocalypse world, all that's left for the guys to do is gather spell components and do some wizardry. Meanwhile, Jack and Mary have escaped Michael and have rushed into the arms of Apocalypse Bobby, who does indeed appear to be the new Bobby, Jeremy. Uh, And while things are looking up for our heroes, let's not forget that Ketch, Asmodeus, and Lucifer are all, regrettably, still in play. They are. Um, not in this episode, but they are, they are around. Thank God. Um, we're going to be dealing, we're going to be discussing season 13, episode 15, a most holy man written by Andrew Dabb and Robert Singer directed by Amanda Tapping case came out on March 8th, 2018 divine intervention. Sam and Dean are close to collecting everything they need to open a rift to the apocalyptic world. That's wrong. And possibly rescuing Mary and Jack, the one missing ingredient. They, they haven't got any ingredients. <laughs> the one missing ingredient leads the Winchesters to a black market for religious yeah, relics where everything is not always as it seems. Um, none of that is right. Who's writing this? Hire me instead. Yeah, come on. Um, the show catches us up on what's going on, which is Mary is trapped and the guys are got to collect some stuff. And then we head over to Malta at the Holy Sisters of Malta Seminary, where some some nuns are walking around. And a guy skulks in, obvious thief. He's looking for something. He finds a skull, just smashes the glass. Like I was kind of expecting at least like a like yeah, a diamond he, cutter he or something. He was being here. all sneaky, and then he just smashes that shit. And he just smashes it. Um, he turns around, finds a sister in front of him, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a, a demon sister or something. Nope. She snuck right up on him. I thought she was special. She did like a ninja stealth move. Uh, um, doesn't doesn't no. it really do anything with that because he just hits her with a flashlight. And she goes down like a. She goes down like Sam Winchester, she, and she does not get back up. <laughs> okay this episode is full of stuff that i thought was going to be something and wasn't uh-huh <laughs> like it's so yeah i don't know it's just really all over the place i'm not hey i i'm not saying it's good i'm just saying i liked it yeah okay? it's fine hey I'm not, I'm not asking you to justify an episode i promise you it doesn't that does not have to happen um um we cut back over to the bunker sam has been get this jeremy digging through the lore oh my god uh, are you serious but he has not found anything on the seal of solomon nope um Cass, according to Dean, mm-hmm. Cass is in Syria dodging bullets, looking for the fruit from the tree of life. Okay, S- so that's seed. covered. He's looking for the we'll seed. We'll go over what we got. So the um, the Cass situation, he's looking for that fruit, no sweat. They know that once they can get to Lucifer, they believe that that's their archangel essence or blood or whatever Grace. that they yeah. need. Um, and so that leaves uh, the blood of a most holy man and the seal of Solomon. Which so this even if they we pretend that they've already checked off those other two boxes, they're still missing two pieces. So no, this is not the last thing. This that isn't they the need. last thing at all. Um, Sam is doing some 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 thinking, and he thinks yeah. that the blood of a holy man of a most holy man might be the blood of a saint. Um, yeah, he, I he, wish that he had come to. You know, it gets brought up at the end of the episode, but I wish Sam had just thought Pope. Pope. Yeah, yeah, we got to get the, the blood pope. of a pope. Yeah, and then Cass they had to stage Syria. a heist to get into the Vatican and just get like just a little little bit of blood from the pope. Dude, this is and it would be an Assassin's Creed mission at that point. Like I'm here oh, for this. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. sneaking. They gotta in. call. They gotta get God on the horn. Dude. They gotta call him up. Gotta They'd get, be like, God, oh, we need we need a one way ticket into the Vatican. Can you can you make this happen? Um, you want to? Let me ask no, you a question. If you're a very serious question, you're you're Sam uh-huh. and Dean. You can yeah. call in one favor of Chuck. You have to go in and you have to, you have to, you know, you have to play in this heist and you have to get a little bit of blood from the Pope, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want a one-way ticket in or do you want a one-way ticket out of the Vatican? Oh. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get the choice mm-hmm. of like either the easy entry or the easy exit. I think you'd want the easy exit, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so because there's, there's a hundred crazy ways that you could, you could plan to get in there, mm-hmm. you know? parachute comes to mind yeah that's the first <laughs> from, crazy from the way. sky yeah. i bet planes are not allowed to fly over the vatican i don't know um feels like that's restricted airspace but you could figure something out that guy jumped from out of outer space remember him yeah yeah the guy <laughs> the from man who Red jumped Bull through the earth's atmosphere or whatever. yeah um <laughs> so get sam up on one of those things uh-huh uh-huh meanwhile dean creates a distraction down below it is and sam sam just comes from outer space and lands in there but once he's in there he's gonna have to fight the pope of course of course because the pope ain't just giving up blood no, that's not happening no, no 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 um so while sam is unconscious dean's gonna have to make his way in um and then once it's all said and done they're gonna need a quick exit 
you can fly over Vatican City, by the way. You just can't go b- below 2,500 feet. So You can't parachute into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. You're going to be doing some high-altitude, low... Uh, occupancy? <laughs> I don't know what Halo stands for anymore. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, they told me a Metal Gear, but I don't remember. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So, uh, anyway, Sam comes up with It Might Be a Saint. He has found the Dark Web's version of eBay that sells religious relics, most of which are fake. Um, but he's found one online place that sells religious relics that might be legit. Um, and so the boys jet from Kansas to San Francisco to meet up with Margaret Astor, who is a very well put together fancy lady who immediately has yeah, a crush on Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm. It's, there is this funny moment where, cause Sam, or, or I guess Jared doesn't play Sam like this anymore, but when she starts to flirt with Sam a little bit and then he realizes, Oh, I have to like, you know, play it up and give it back to her. His facial expression changes just so slightly that I was like, that's season two. Sam." There. <laughs> he's giving them the look where the he's look. like, I might kiss you at the end of this episode. We just don't, we know don't know. Yet. Yeah. We could make out. Um, like, do you have a girlfriend that, that who drone on the top of a funny. ceiling? Because <laughs> <laughs> if so, me and you have a lot yeah, to talk hey. and kiss about. Um, Cause yeah, he just, uh, he put on those charms a little bit and he, he looked a lot younger to me. It's always very funny to me uh, when this happens with Sam and Dean is just like, he has no patience or tolerance for this whatsoever. Like as soon as the conversation even remotely turns to her being into Sam, like they show that Dean just eye rolling him in the background, right? Like he has mm-hmm. no patience. Mm-hmm. He, for, so he doesn't much. understand and, you know, it. <laughs> who could blame him? <laughs> I mean, it's just very funny because we see him do this all the time. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Sa- well, Sam will usually like do his little like head twist thing where he's like, what's going on here? Yeah. But um, yeah. So basically she tells them, you know, I think you're hot. So let me, let me hook you up here. Um, I know somebody who can uh, who can potentially get you the blood of a saint. Let me send you in his direction. You might have to do a little job for him, but uh, let's get the ball rolling here. And she sends him to meet Richard Greenstreet from Seattle. Um, they meet up with him. Uh, he immediately tests their like very flimsy uh, identities by like, do you know the twins from Maine or something? And they're like, yeah, of yeah, course. The mansion so just... twins from from Rhode Island. Yeah. She... Um, and then he's like, well, there are no mansion twins. And Sam is so flustered immediately, but he could have just been like, yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. What he are you tried talking to trick about? us, but they're actually, there are. And then that's it. That's, that's the end. And then he goes, oh, but he has to trick you with something else. <laughs> but Dean's not having it. Dean's so bored of this shit already. <laughs> Dean's so very bored about this. Um, Green Street basically says like, uh, he, he does have one thing where he's caused their suits from, that they're like off the rack from Montgomery Ward. And I used to work at a Montgomery Ward. So that was a really weird oh, reference. Um, it was a fun reference for Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. got me, got me right in the 1997 feels. What can I say? Um, but he recognizes they can't afford the St. Blood that he has, but he, they can do a job for him. And he tells them mm-hmm. that this piece that he wants was stolen from Malta by a mob boss dun, dun, dun. <laughs> they're like um okay what <laughs> uh this this is where they start with like the real uh over the top musical cues i think for this episode mm-hmm. where like they're just mm-hmm. going for it like this is going to be a they're going to do a 1940s noir thing they're going to do like a 1970s mob boss thing they're just going to go throw it all in the pot and see what's doing it yeah they're just doing it yeah um the item in question is actually saint peter's skull and he's got yeah. saint ignatius's blood so perfect let's do it and then sam's all like i don't like the idea of being thieves um and dean says sam shut the fuck up remember the time you drank a nurse <laughs> you drank okay? a nurse you, my dude you can you can steal a skull yeah all right sam do you remember that time you fucked and murdered away through a town like i don't i'm just saying that was okay but you draw the line at thievery yeah. okay sam i mean i know you didn't have a soul at the time but still like you didn't like you didn't rush back to apologize as soon as we put that soul back in your body uh, right like uh, it took you a little while to, to work up to that um, yeah. but this is going to set up like the, what is, I guess the, the payoff for this episode, like the thematic payoff where Dean says, um, this isn't a perfect world we're trying to save. And if I'm not perfect while saving it, so be it. And you can tell like Sam yeah. has a problem with that of Dean dirty in his hands to, to get the job done or whatever. Sammy, you really don't, you don't you get don't. to have a problem. I mean, like I don't, you guys are hunters. You, you were, you had, you've done so <laughs> presumably they still live off of stolen credit cards right like it's not like like yeah they're somebody is getting hurt by just them living exactly like I... are they still using somebody else's insurance to get to well i guess they're probably just using cats at this point for insurance purposes <laughs> like cats come over <laughs> um but yeah like it's very funny to me that he's he's even reticent in a little bit about this um we go to a coffee shop Dude, another another red herring. Dean like flirts it up with this girl sitting at the coffee shop. Um, 
And I thought that she was going to tell him to stuff it because he's like, hey, what you're reading there? And like when somebody's reading in public, that's like, you, you don't go up and do that. Um, and it's this whole thing. But she's like, oh, have a seat, blah, blah, blah. Or he decides he's going to have a seat with her. And, and then that's it. Then Sam calls him away. I'm like, why did we get a 30 second scene of Dean flirting? Again, and she didn't even turn out to be a secret assassin later in the episode. I was fully what expecting gives? her to be something, right? Or the nun or something. Like I was like, this is the nun that got knocked out. She's been uh-huh. following the thing. Um, but that doesn't happen. Instead, Sam is like has more information. Um, he has found the guy that stole the skull somehow, and like just like in the last couple of episodes, just I put a tracker on him. I know exactly where he's staying. I'm looking. Yeah, I I, I got <laughs> flight records. I have access to that. Like like that's same as a domestic terrorist. For all hundred percent. This is the Department of Homeland Security is on the screen as he's like pulling up flight <laughs> records. Like literally the Department of Homeland Security. Like he is a terrorist. He is a fucking terrorist. I don't like it. I see him. Wise up, buddy. Yeah. The only reason he's not a terrorist is because he's white. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They go to the hotel. Sam bumps into an obviously important man getting onto the elevator. Um, yeah. they're, uh, they're, they go to the room where they find... I, I, thought, I thought this was really weird. The room has a bunch of like CRT televisions just knocked down and showing static. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is we- this a reference? Yeah. <laughs> is this a hundred references at I, once? I kept thinking like, oh, this is like... Oh, it's going to be something weird. Like he's 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 from the past or something. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I just thought that the CRTs would they come was, up as you were too many clues. Because you're not, you're not reading this like it's a, it's a noir mob boss No, I'm reading it like a, a TV clue show. Master. It's like, no, this is an episode of Supernatural. <laughs> And there's going to be a man's going to turn into a bat at any moment and we're going to be ready for it. But no, I'm just saying I, I'm a clue master and they're, they're putting too many clues on the floor for me to too pick many up clues. Too, too many, too much stuff. No, um, and I, I know they're having fun with the set dressing and like yeah, they're, they're really yeah. going for it. And that's, that's totally fine. But you're right. They're the, the focus on the CRTs and like CRTVs, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's just too much. So uh, as they are looking around this, this room, a, a cop with like a New York accent shows up. Which I, which I thought was Who's really this weird. Guy? We're yeah. in Seattle. Who's this buster? I mean, it's, it's very strange to me. Uh, and they, the cop just like throws him some cuffs and it's like, you need to cuff yourselves to the radiator. And I'm like, I know the guy has a gun, but you guys have like an angel. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I've seen you guys yeah. do some amazing things before. This dude looks like he's like, you know, two Philly cheesesteaks from a fucking. I think s- we find s- out surgery. later on his name is Cromarty. What is that? Is it Cromarty? I, that's what I heard in my head. <laughs> Let's see. He's not even on the on the on the actor list that I have. So he's a, <laughs> good he's, job. Yeah, he's no good. He's no good. So yeah, he he makes them handcuff themselves, and then he just like goes around and 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 looks for something that he he doesn't find. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he leaves. He leaves. That's it. And as he's around, as he exits, and he's like taking off or whatever. Um, we see a, we see the guy from the elevator like stalking him, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean immediately figure out that this dude is a fake cop after he leaves because, like, he doesn't have a partner. He didn't call anything in. Um, and then when after he leaves, Sam pulls out the lockpicks and Dean, like, makes fun of him. He's like, oh, you're like a Boy Scout. And I'm like, Dean, I've, you've done this exact same thing before. Yeah, <laughs> I don't well, know. <laughs> and and Sam, has, here? Sam has the weirdest response, which is, you're like, I don't know what you're like. And I'm like, what is it? What are these insults? <laughs> dude, <laughs> Sam's not on his game this episode. This whole um, episode is so very they get strange. Outside. They're trying to put together all the pieces of this puzzle when they get stopped by some mob guys who want to take them to their mob boss. And they also are going to drive the Impala there, which Dean's very unhappy about. In the last episode, just as a reminder, Dean Winchester like single-handedly brought down these ancient beings, Gog and Magog, yeah. that were like so, have been around for millennia. But now, like some dude whose last name ends with a vowel, uh, like is gonna mm-hmm. like get in the car, Dean? Like what? <laughs> it's so it's so bizarre because the, in some ways the, the humans are always the most dangerous, right? It's not some wacky demon who's gonna quote The Shining while he tries to attack you. Um, and just being completely incompetent it's like no this is like this is a cold ass dude who'll just shoot you and that'll be that yeah um but at the same time the look that jensen ackles gives this this you know bit actor here i was like dude jensen's about to like rip this guy's head off or dean rather is about to rip this guy's head off like like you just said he just he fought you know uh gog with a god forged steel sword <laughs> last episode and now it's just some dude being like hey man get in the back of the car like I don't, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make play. sense. It does not play. Does not, does not work for me, very, my man. And, uh, and this is like a, this is probably like the crux of the problem this episode that I have is like, it's just trying to do so much at one time and it's throwing so much stuff at the screen that I'm 
I'm left just confused. And I know like it is fun watching the guys do this. There's some really good jokes in this. Um, so I don't want to like, I'm not trying to take that away from you or anything, but like the whole time I was like, what are they like? What are we, what are we, what are we, what's the what goal? Are we doing? And then like, there's well, not even anything supernatural in this episode. No, it's like the second episode that's not had anything supernatural about it. According to the trivia page, which I thought was very funny. Um, yeah. There's the other one in season four, which you also didn't like that one. That's true. I'm, I mean, that it, was like the first like major episode we disagreed on. Cause I, I don't even remember what it's, which one that is. It has uh, to be the, the family the and the kids walls. live in the walls. Yeah. Yeah. And I always loved that. And I know you you weren't a fan of it. So it's actually, it's kind of interesting. I mean, um, the, the TV show has Supernatural in the name, Chris. <laughs> right. If somebody's not turning into a bat, then you're not interested. Yeah. I don't watch MASH to not see stuff about MASH. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. No, totally. <laughs> if they don't put Peter Griffin in an episode of Family Guy, I'd actually be okay with that because he's kind of the worst character. Like, I don't watch yeah, Family yeah, Guy also. Sure. So. Um, but you get what I'm saying. You, you know, you understand. Mm -hmm. Real ones know. If the Simpsons aren't in the Simpsons, then what the hell am I That's doing? It's probably here? an episode like that. I don't know. Yeah, they're they've got like eight hundred episodes, so probably so. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. So the uh, the guy that the bumped into guy, he keeps watching all this happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I referred to him as because he gets bumped into by Sam, and we don't learn his name until the end of the fucking episode. I call him um, elevator so bump, guy, but yes. <laughs> yeah, elevator guy bumped into guy. Mm -hmm. They he sees the boys, you know, get taken away by the mob people. Um, and then we see them brought in to the mob boss. He knows who they are. He knows that they officially died six years ago, so he could whack them. No problem. No problem. No one would notice. Whack you if guys. That's a threat, really, because yep. these guys don't give a shit. Um, this is keeps by the way. Um, I, I just want to mention that, like, when they come into the room, when they get brought into the room, he's like sitting in his weird gold inlaid chair with his giant desk in front of him, petting his cat. And I'm like, is this? Is this a Spectre Gadget right now? Like, is this what we're doing? <laughs> is this the Spectre yeah. Gadget villain right now? They're all over the place with this, and they're but they're just they're just going for it. Mm -hmm. But here, Dean just keeps talking shit. He stays talking shit this whole time, and Sam just looks like a frightened little schoolboy. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, just both ends of the extreme in in this room. Um, he knows he knows about the deal with Green Street. Um, Scarpati thinks that Green Street doesn't respect the artifacts, whereas he he finds it's his duty to give them a home. And Dean's like. You mean like you just you just stole them like they were in a home like you're, you yeah. just mean you're a home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like there's this like this is going to happen a couple of times where Dean calls bullshit on the studio. And he just starts laughing. It's like, oh, man, you got to set on you. <laughs> and I'm mm -hmm. like, what are mm -hmm. we doing right now? I just don't what understand. Yeah. Dean is like too tough and see Sam is like too soft in this, in yeah. this situation. It's weird. Scarpati tells them uh, that he paid for the skull half up front. But now the, the the thief is dead and the skull is missing. So he wants the skull and he wants Sam and Dean to find him. And if he does, he'll give them a finder's fee so that they can afford to buy the Saint's Blood uh, or whatever they're looking for from Green Street. And of course, if they don't find the skull, he is going to whack them. Um, yeah. So Sam and Dean go back to the hotel room to look for clues because Dean can feel that the whole thing starts from there, which even Sam makes, some, makes fun of him for. Like, I don't even have to do that for him. Um, and of course, like they go in. They have to make a distraction. So Dean starts pulling fire alarms. Sand runs into it and he like finds a, a series of numbers on a piece of paper, but then it immediately gets clocked with the telephone from the elevator guy. So he's just down. He's, he's just, he's just he's almost out. dead at this point. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Sam is once again on God. Got him. Um, they, uh, the guy, the elevator dude exits the hotel. He's followed by the fake cop. Dean finds mm -hmm. Sam uh, alive. Fortunately, cop guy like pulls a gun on elevator guy. We hear some like scuffles or Sam and Dean are exiting the hotel. Um, as they're running over, Dean is like, dude, are you okay? Do you have a concussion? And I'm like, this is the time. <laughs> this is the this one. Is, he, he finally makes a comment about how he's like, oh, didn't, you know, you, you kind of get knocked out a lot. I know your Disney princess hair protects you somewhat, but um, I was like, thank you, Supernatural, because it's, it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, they find the elevator guy, and it turns out that this dude is a priest from Malta um, who is looking for the skull that was stolen. Uh, he's got a briefcase full of cash that he was going to use to buy it back. Um, when he saw Sam like looking for clues, he got nervous. He didn't know what to do. So he just clocked him with, with the telephone, mm -hmm. which is like an mm -hmm. old timey like rotary telephone too. Like, what is this hotel? Like, is this it like a theme hotel? Hit Sam with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, is this? Do I go there to like be in the nineteen eighties or something? Like, what is this hotel? I guess so. Um, um, this is the scene where Dean refers to the skull of Saint Peter or whatever as a brain basket. Gotta love that. Um, I was personally a fan of that one. Guys being dudes. Um, God, dude, what's better than this, Jeremy? Tell me. <laughs> they also just like to set the stage they don't know who this guy is they don't know if he's a threat or not so 
they like knock him out or whatever and then drag him back into the lobby of the hotel to interview him and i'm like you guys didn't want to do this in the back of the impala no man yeah what the <laughs> what hell are we doing? what's going on <laughs> yeah, take him back to kansas i don't know put him in the sex dungeon who knows um yeah. this is when they start having this whole conversation when um the the guy is like you know at, at some point they talk about like the world is the way the world is and dean's like yeah what are you going to do about it and this guy says uh oh i'm gonna try to make it better like i mm-hmm. that, that's my whole gig it's what i do like if you just make the if you use the excuse of the world not being perfect to allow for your own sins then it's going to bring down everything and if you just yep. if if the more people that we have doing good things just to be a good person like the better everything's going to get and of course that like is exactly the opposite of what Dean said earlier in the episode of like, Hey, it's not a perfect Mm -hmm. world. I'm not gonna be a perfect person. So it's really weird to me. And I actually, this is the one part of the episode I like is this back and forth of like, you know, should we do good in order to do bad? Should we do bad in order to do good? That kind of thing, which is something supernatural is explored a lot. Uh, but for some reason I actually like the push and pull of it in this episode. So yeah, it's, um, you know, like they, they just lay it out and it's, it's a priest. Um, and he's in a desperate situation. So him saying all this stuff, just like laying it out like that, doesn't feel corny or anything it just seems like okay yeah that's that's this guy's philosophy this is what he believes that's what he's trying to do in this world um and like and he sells it you know his his accent the way he, this actor presents himself i could just buy all of this seemingly really cheesy stuff sure totally fine mm-hmm. and i think sam really does too in this he he that's like what he wants to hear sam always wants to believe he's doing something good even when he's drinking ladies um so you could like you know we we all kind of take this message to heart a little bit here yeah absolutely um so and Dean's like, all right, we need to go. Cause doesn't Sam say here that, Hey, we're just gonna, we're going to get the skull back for you now. Like forget yeah. everything else that we were involved in working for this mob boss. We'll, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. Cause it's clearly Sam thinks that's you know the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, when Dean pulls Sam to the side about this, um, Sam says like, Hey, what would you do if somebody stole the Impala? Um, and like, I think this is the funniest part of the episode where Dean just goes mm-hmm. into like a brain freeze. He's like, I would murder them. I would murder them all. But I would have to torture yeah, he gets them so first. Worked up that just thinking about it. That he like, isn't listening to Sam. Yeah, yeah. And Sam's reaction of like, Hey, are you, are you, are you in there? Are you listening? Are you trying to see that? Do you get the point that I'm making? And he's like, I would have to torture them first. I would even be willing to lose the Impala as long as I'm the only person that can drive it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Dean. Pulling out some dark shit here. Dean. Yeah. Um, so they decide to uh, help the dude. Uh, likely this guy remembers all of the numbers on the sheet of paper because that's the kind of nerd that he is. Um, yep. turns out to be a tracking number for an item from Malta, which is it's like, what a dorky thing for this to end up being. It's, oh, it's, it's your UPS tracking number. Great. Good, good, good. <laughs> FedEx. Okay, Perfect. cool. Good. You can just type that into Google. Sam's over there. Like I didn't have to go into the department of Homeland security database. Like I was really, I'm already in guys. I'm in. Just, you can just track this right on the website. I don't know if you heard it when I said I'm in, but I'm, I'm in, I can do it right now. I like I can in. do it. The guy in the back sure is like, you guys no, no. need me to do anything with Homeland security. I'm on Nothing? FedEx.com. Okay. Dude, I got this. I'm good. Um, they they follow the tracking number to a like international pickup place where they see the fake cop picking up the package. So they follow him to a wet pipe factory. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean is about to go in, guns blazing, but Sam holds him back for just a little bit. And guess what? It's our it's Sam's GF. Uh, yeah, he's like, wait, that's my girlfriend. Sam's girlfriend. Dean's like, Sam, you're not even in her. Just because she has red hair does not make her your girlfriend, Sam. I keep telling yeah. you this. Yeah, just get sorted out, brother. Um, she goes inside to meet with Scarpetti to sell him the skull. And when Scarpetti threatens not to pay for it, she brings in Greed Tree for a uh, a whole like a bidding war situation. And mm-hmm. the fake cop unwraps the skull. I thought the skull was he was going to unwrap the skull, set it down. It was going to be a fake or like it was going to issue smoke everywhere and kill everybody. Nope. None of that happens. Nothing supernatural here. <laughs> Nothing supernatural is going to happen. Um, and the Impala, uh, the priest is like, you know, hey. God will get us through. And of course, Dean does his usual like, hey, no, I believe in God, but he's definitely not helping throughout this entire situation. <laughs> Um, he gave us, you know, a one-way ticket into the Vatican, and he didn't help us out, Padre. So uh, you could understand why I feel a little bit bitter right now. Yep. Um, this is this is pretty good because the guy, the priest, keeps going for a little while. Um, it's like you know, I believe that God plans all good things, even though sometimes they're really stupid at the same time. Uh, I, I'm not a religious dude. I think most people know that. Um, but I. I very much appreciate when someone can be like wholesomely religious in this kind of like, mm-hmm. like where it's more a thing about the faith than it is the, the surrounding the parts of that. Um, yeah. And I think we had, we'd had the conversation about like the reason that he's doing this, like the reason that he wants the skull back is because everybody in Malta, like 
this is an item that they prayed to, that they had faith in, that they worshipped for mm-hmm. all of their lives. And so restoring that. And it's that, just like, I even describes it in a simple way of like, yeah, you know, my parents saw it or the people who came before me saw it. It's just something I look at every day and now it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. And it's such just such a simple thing like that. And this guy is so wholesome. And I, I mean, I have a lot of um, uh, respect for people who are who have faith like this. So he is a very in, endearing character. I know I just called religion a cult, but that doesn't mean that I think religious people are bad. I, I admire them. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've looked some of them to an extent. <laughs> let's not get let's not get crazy. I admire people who have strong faith and it lets them do good things. You know, like this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Put it that way. Um, at this point, we hear Sam come over the radio. Like they've got a little bug thing set up, like over the phone. Roger, Roger, <laughs> Roger, Roger. Um, they Sam has gone in. Um, and he has brought the briefcase full of cash. And as he gets like hustled into this room with everybody by one of the guards, he brings out the cash. It's like, Hey, I'm just here to buy. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's Dean's cue to go sneak into the building. Um, and of course we have this moment where like, I thought you were working for me. I I thought you were working for me. And Sam's like, ah, turns out I was only working for myself. And I'm like, is this, is this like a famous movie line or something? Like, is this, this this has got to be an an homage to something that we haven't seen. Oh, it definitely Um, feels like the Maltese Falcon, right? Like that's the thing that I think they're going for the most, but I, I just, it's it's, like, this isn't, this is barely a double cross. This is barely a cross. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's a little, it's just a little crisscross. (laughs) Make it jump, jump, right? Make it jump, jump, man um yeah thanks thankfully sam's girlfriend is there because she kind of vouches for him a little bit also i don't know if we talked about this but she killed the guy at the hotel did she i think she reveals that she or she had him killed okay because she she also wanted Mm -hmm. to get the item to sell it i think so she was like i'm gonna kill the delivery man and then take the skull and sell it myself i'm eliminating the competition so i can get a big paycheck but now everybody's just trying to buy it yes um which is fine. Like all, all of this is okay, I guess. Um, the the girlfriend. We should probably like actually name her and not call her the girlfriend in this episode, right? Well, I I, I missed her name at the Margaret. beginning of the episode, yeah. so I just I missed all their names. To <laughs> it be does not matter. Honest. I had Padre. Well, I called him Padre, priest, and father. I couldn't even keep it straight. Before that, I was calling him a bumped into guy, okay. which is Good. not not that's a little clunky. Then I have mob boss. Okay. I have fake cop. Uh-huh. Me, me, you got, uh, me and you both nailed it. Fake cop. I like that. Um, yeah. Sam's girlfriend. That's I, all I got. I'm pretty sure this chick is the the roommate from iZombie, if I remember correctly. Um, oh. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Margaret uh, hands Sam and Dean a sheet of paper and a pen. And I'm like, is she trying to get them digits right now in the middle of the... I thought she was trying to get digits, yeah, no, for but, sure. But instead, she wants everyone to write down their price on a piece of paper. <laughs> Whoever is the highest is going to win. Um Dean clears out the guards. He's about yeah, to go inside. Well, Dean's just stealth choking all these dudes. Dude, it's so fucking good. Um, fucking snake. Everyone writes down their price. She gets the fake cop to read out the numbers. Sam, who he calls Lurch, which is very funny because like Sam's reaction to being called Lurch is like, Sam's I don't like, even know fuck? you. What? <laughs> like, what is yeah. Rob, What is your problem? <laughs> He's mad offended. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, we're not like Yo, that. Yo, dude, what gives? We're not friendly like, like that. Like, don't you kind of at yeah. me on Twitter with that you bullshit? Could, you could point a gun in my face. I get that. But like, what's with the insult, buddy? Dude, this is a one-way relationship as far as I'm concerned. You do not get to throw uh, them jokes at me just because you see everybody else do it. Um, the mob boss is bidding $3 million and Green Street uh, bids zero dollars uh, and everyone like turns to him as surprised and green street's like hey fake cop i'll give you a million dollars cash right now if you shoot her and give me the skull and um because the fake cop didn't get a raise or something uh he shoots her and then of course everything turns into a gunfight um so this is this was actually a pretty good gunfight i think like it's very chaotic but it seems to be like well directed and i could follow the action um yeah the our priest pr- starts praying outside um i really hate this scene though right like where he's praying outside and like it's just a montage of like gunfire happening let's like oh yeah i, yeah. I, I hated it's, this and the choir music and all that stuff Dude, it's so what much. is going on again it has to be an homage to something it has to be very strange chris it's very strange um yeah. the what else happens here nothing oh. they shoot their way out of the shit oh, okay everybody gets shot basically everybody dies um not really. Oh yeah, uh, priest comes in. He tries to wrestle the gun away from somebody. He gets shot. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it just grazed him. So they, so Sam and D don't have to lose their faith in humanity again. Uh, they, he does get shot. It's not fatal. Um, they roll up on Green Street and find out. Oh hey, guess what? The blood of the saint didn't never existed. 
Um, So Dean just punches him in the face um, and we see Green Street being arrested the next scene. And then we skip ahead a little bit where the boys are dropping the priest off at the airport. Um, And Dean and Sam is like, hey, I did a little research on you and I found out you have this like special title. Um, He's like, oh, yeah, the Pope gave it to me for my service. And it's, you know, it's and he runs it out in Italian. And they're like, well, what does that mean? He's like, oh, he called me a most holy man. And of course, they're like, oh, you mind if we bleed you real quick? Can we just get a little bit of your blood, please? Sam pulls out one of those one gallon containers that he drank in season five. Which is like, can you just. He's like, whoa, 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 buddy. I don't think we need that. (laughs) I bet the priest looked at that. I was like, do you want me to pee in that? And they're like, nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's something (sighs) different. I, they cut away so they they have this realization now we as the audience know what they're going to do but mm-hmm. we cut back to the bunker and they've got the blood and i just really wanted to see that scene you know what you know where the blood came from palm, it come from? palm cut <laughs> that's the only place oh, palm cut, of they, course. they just of had course. him open his palm and like i'm just gonna slice it down a, the middle this yeah. a nut blood situation no i wasn't gonna go for it the, the guy seems really nice i didn't want to get i didn't want to saddle him with nut blood sure, 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 sure. i mean i thought about it but you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um and as, as we're at the bunker, uh, looking at like, you know, Sam and Dean are there. Sam is not happy. Dean can tell. Um, and they start having this conversation, which you alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, which is like Sam feeling like they're doing nothing but playing defense. Um, how they, they he knows that they're doing good, but he really wants to change things and stop. Maybe like somehow stay, stop all of the monsters. Um, uh, Dean replies, well, that sure would be nice. Sam says, do you think the spell would work? And Dean says, very emotionally, I have faith that it will. Um, I agree with Sam. I also wish they were being a little bit mm-hmm. more proactive about things instead of just responding to stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, I think that's my biggest criticism for the season. Um, uh, again, I don't want to make it sound like I hate it, but there is, there has been something that has kept me from being invested completely. And I think that's because I, uh, me personally, as a viewer, I see the show through Sam and Dean. Um, so when they are, aren't doing much, I, f- I feel like I'm disconnected from, the actions of of the villains and the side characters i just I, I don't feel fully connected to it so to at least have them say hey we need to do something we need to be more proactive um that gives me hope because of course you know i remember the last couple episodes i'm not thinking of the whole season one sure yeah. uh, sam and dean were working with jack and they were actively doing something it just feels like recently there's been a little bit of a disconnect for me so i'm hoping that this means hey let's get back on track let's focus in let's do stuff um i don't think supernatural always has to be about sam and dean but i just think you know they need to be doing something they need to be you know thrusting the plot forward in some way thrusting um i um i I agree with you i think that uh like i think supernatural right now is doing the thing that i find kind of frustrating when tv shows do it's like giving us what the the norm is going to be at some point and then taking that away from us so like for mm. a very brief moment, we had, you know, Jack and Cass and Sam and Dean all back together again. Um, and then, or have we actually had that yet? We actually haven't had that yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that, that seems to be like, like, I feel like that's the thing that they're going for. And so I, they, they haven't had us do that. And it feels like we're going through a lot of like random shit in order to put everybody back together again. So we just have a bunch of our characters doing a bunch of different stuff, some of which is successful, some of which it's not. And it just feels like, okay, well, I'm. Okay, like we're just let's hurry up. Let's get to the big bad. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm yeah. ready. If you you either need to give us a villain, or if you're gonna, sorry for doing this. If you're gonna break the fellowship, you need to then follow everybody equally and have them equally working on their own things. Um, Jack and Mary can be doing something, and and of course we just got an episode about that, but it was like the first time in a while. Now Castiel's just off camera in Syria, I guess. Um, and you know it would just be cool if we could follow all their stories and i don't i don't know i don't really know what i want from supernatural it's it's tough right because like we've been doing this for so long now um and we're so far away from what the boys used to do which was like hunt a monster and kill a monster and save a person at the end sometimes um and now we're we're dealing with these these huge concepts and these like metaphorical beings and these alternate universes and i think the i think the real key though is that they haven't given us a very good villain because Michael in Apocalyptic World, for as much as they've like set him up, as much as they've told us he's bad and scary and evil or whatever, not even evil, just like mm-hmm. like driven and and ruthless. We haven't actually like seen a lot of that. He's just yelled at people. We should people. have been focusing a hell of a lot more on him. Yeah. And then we have we're distracted by Asmodeus and Ketch, which I find both of which I find very boring. Like I find them very mm-hmm. I find them both to be jokes as characters at this point. Like Ketch is yeah. is very like 
I mean, I know the, the the evil twin thing ended up being a red herring, but like even his normal backstory is very boring to me at this point. Like, okay, you're a mercenary that doesn't work for the British men of letters or whatever. And Asmodeus mm-hmm. is just like, somebody please like stick a knife in this dude. Don't somebody care. get rid of this guy. And and I don't even want Lucifer, but you, he's here. So, you know, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then we're going to have to deal with him. Um, Yeah. It would be cool if they were just focusing on Michael. Cause if we just came back to Michael after years of dealing with Lucifer and all this other bullshit, to then say, hey, remember that other guy from the apocalypse? Um, yeah, this version of him still really wants to remake the world and do this thing. And um, he's a different kind of villain because he believes that he's good. I mean, they all kind of think that. But um, I don't know. I just think that they could they could have a lot of fun with him. Um, I wish I wish Michael him was, into a good... was way bored like that. Like, I wish Michael mm-hmm. was like was was not trying to exterminate humans. I think that's kind of dumb. Um, I, I wish he was like. No, we have to, like, I, I wish he was, like, had more altruistic intentions, like these kind of high loftier goals, um, yeah. like the bad dude in Watchmen, right? Like in the original um, graphic novel. Like, I, I wish, like, you know, we're going to do this horrible thing in order to reach these lofty goals. And, like, he's viewing that as opposed to now, which is, like, I'm wearing camo and, like, yelling at my, <laughs> yeah, my grunts. he's exactly the same as Lucifer. He's no different. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, like, that doesn't really work for me. And, of course, Asmodeus just seems like an exaggeration of himself at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's a placeholder until we get something better. Yeah, and I know like Supernatural is really, it's really easy for Supernatural to fall into these holes, but I feel like we've got a lot of like doodads and gadgets this season, right? Like an Archangel Blade and... I mean, Archangel's Grace, God Forge Steel, but we're not going to see those again. Fuck, dude, I'm so mad about that. <laughs> Give me my God Forge Steel account. I just want someone, I'm going to create a Stan account for God Forge Steel. Um, anyway, I I guess I'm done talking about this stuff. I, f- I found this episode to be pretty boring. Um, I thought. Yeah. Th- um, no, it's it's just it's a mess. I had fun with it, and I think honestly, I probably would have had a way different um, experience watching this if you hadn't said, "Hey, I think that this is a mob episode?" Question mark Like you texted me when you watched it, and so I was just thinking, "What? <sighs> this is gonna fucking suck. This is gonna be so bad." And then I, you know, I was kind of laughing a few minutes into it, so I was like, "Oh, okay." put me in a good mood suddenly because my expectations were so low and this you know exceeded those so um it just allowed me to just have a fun time with it good well i'm glad i could set your expectations so low that the episode (laughs) ended up being good um thank you everybody for listening to us we very much appreciate it um the the followers keep trickling in in various social media platforms and we are very appreciative of that um we're getting kind of close to the end of season and if you're new to the podcast at the end of every season we do a feedback episode so you can go to monsterweek.cool slash contact in case you want to send us your thoughts and feelings um you can also hit us up on uh twitter or really any other social media platform um if you are brand new and you're coming to us from tiktok i can't respond to messages on tiktok and i'm sorry about that so if you see me like (laughs) your comment don't just i'm not interacting with you on purpose like i just can't do it tiktok won't let us i don't know how to fix that i don't know how a podcast gets uh, a telephone number i don't know how that works um but yeah write in for the feedback episode you can tell me how i'm wrong about all this mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. i'm um a big stinky doo-doo head yeah yeah definitely do that and i'll filter it out so i don't have to read that to chris because that would be mean <laughs> um we also have a patreon patreon.com slash monster week we have a discord community that's a lot of fun to hang out with it's tied to that patreon so come hang out with us um i think that's it chris i think that that covers it we will be back in one week um with an episode that is previewed by saying jinkies Supernatural gets animated when Sam Dean and Cassiel are transported into the world of Scooby-Doo. Well, well. It's here, Chris. We're finally at the Scooby-Natural episode. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. incredibly short episode this week because i was just running through the plot yeah we didn't even do a lot of uh outtakes it's because i was grumpy i'm in a grumpy mood no one's fault we we came off of a real grumpy activity i should have waited till like four after you got all grumped grumped up no it's okay it happened like the moment i was prepared i just finished lunch and i checked my email and i was like no my lunch is spoiled now this um the the wikipedia on this page was just so dumb too like i was looking for like references and things and like none of it is here like it's all just very boring stuff
The title refers to the fact that the Winchesters need the blood of a most holy man for the spell to open oh a rift in the apocalypse world. Thank you. Oh my fucking god. Thank you, Wikipedia. I <laughs> appreciate stupid. that. Uh, um, yeah, very boring. We're cool. Uh, I actually have not eaten lunch today, so I'm gonna go get a snack. Go get some grub, bro. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a little bit of grub. Uh, I'm gonna go game or something. Yeah, I'll probably like pick back up. I don't know what Autumn's doing, but I'll probably pick up uh, Desperados three again. So, cool, cool, cool. See you later. All right. Catch you later, hombre. This guy's being dudes. Guys being dudes. What's better than this? You're, you've already. You, you got, <laughs> he exited the call when he did that. That's so rude. Yo. Hey. Uh, you okay? So annoyed. Yeah, I'm fine. I um. Work stuff. No. Um. Uh, I ordered flowers for Jess, and I made sure to do everything early, and paid extra money so that I wouldn't have to deal with the shit. And they're just like, "Sorry, we can't deliver them on time, so we'll deliver them to you next Tuesday." I'm like, "Well, that's not my anniversary, so that doesn't help me." <laughs> um, oh, it's fine. I just canceled it, and I told Jess, "I'm like, hey, sorry, my plans just fell through like they always fucking do." <laughs> um, but I have to come up with something else now. Um, I'm, maybe you could just give her a kiss. Just look. Just no, I was like, I'm just gonna buy you something this weekend. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> she like desperately didn't want to do anything or like spend money on her anniversaries, and I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna get her flowers. Now I don't know if you remember, I had this issue before where I ordered her flowers, and they were delivered to the wrong address. Yes. So then they had to do go through the whole hubbub again. It was a, it was a whole thing. But we've used them two other times since. And it's all worked out. So I thought, you know, I'm going to give them another shot. Yeah, uh, sure. And I get it. It's the weather. They can't control the weather. It's coming from California. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't help me. When, when you texted me and I said, hold on, I you know need to deal with this really quick. I was almost going to say, I just got some bad news. I was like, I can't say bad news. He's going to think <laughs> that somebody just died. It's really not that big of a deal. It's just, it's so frustrating. Because I was all, I felt good. I felt good about myself. I was like, I did it. I got everything planned out. It's not last minute. I actually prepared in advance so that this wouldn't happen. Uh, and then it happened. Man, that is, it's still frustrating though. Um, did I tell you about the experience I had when we were boarding the dogs? Um, I don't know. So um, I called my usual place and um, the guy, I've been, we've been boarding dogs there for years. So um of course, we've been quarantining for so long. We haven't traveled. We haven't really needed to. So mm-hmm. I called and I was booking maybe Aunt Rosie. And the guy was like, well, what about Avon? And I'm like, ooh, I have not talked to you in a while. <laughs> and, Keith. And, and Keith was like this dude. He's like a, he's like a big dude. that and, and Avon loved bigger dudes. So Avon would love on him and jump in his yeah, lap. Yeah, Avon would have loved me. Yeah. Um, but I, so I had to break the news as the first part of that phone call, which was really, and he was like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't really want to get into the details. <laughs> like it just had to be done. Yeah. Uh, knife fight. All right. Yeah. You happy? yeah. It, it, he brought a bat to a knife fight. Okay. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Um, and then, uh, so we're booking the dog so we, I could go to my sister's wedding, which was on new year's. And he's like, well, we're not going to be here, uh, new year's Eve or even maybe the day before he goes, but I will actually be here. So if you just want to come and drop the dogs off, that's totally fine. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, are you sure you're going to be there? And he's like, absolutely no problem. So the day before we're supposed to leave, I drive over with both of the dogs and they are closed. Um, I call, he's not there. Like, and I was like, well, fuck. So we ended up having to like scramble and get a new boarding place. And we'd like the, board, the new boarding place like way better. And I feel bad because like oh. Keith has made zero mistakes until this very first one in like a decade. That's a major blunder. And That's then, a big and, blunder. And now I'm just going to abandon him. <laughs> like it's, we're just done. You don't have cameras sorry, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the kennel. I'm sorry. We love to watch, the, on, watch the dogs. It's what we did all weekend. It's watch the dogs. It was great. Just watch the dogs. You don't have to do anything. You just watch the dogs. Um, give me one second. I just, got a, I just got a package delivered and it's starting to snow. So I want to bring it in before it like gets bad. Give me one second. <laughs>
Whew, okay. Well, all right. Uh, you know, I'm just deleting everything I've recorded so far. Cause it's been me, bitch. It's okay. I've got it all down. Oh, I'm gonna. This is all in the okay. outtakes, my dude. Okay. Um. Yeah. I just had to make sure I grabbed my new uh, illustrated edition of the Silmarillion before oh, it started snowing. <laughs> You know, I'd say that you were a parody of yourself, but I don't even think that's true. I think you're just I, yourself. <laughs> I think this is just who you are. That's just who, uh, like, you are definitely the guy that has the illustrated edition of the Cimmerillion and know how to pronounce it. it correctly. So, Well, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just really curious about those Silmarils, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know anything about the Cimmerillion, except it's supposed to be really, really difficult to read, right? Yeah, it was just like, for years, it would always just be a joke of like... um when you find somebody who's actually read the Silmarillion and not just says that they they plan to read it or whatever, that's when you know they're in deep. Because uh, that's what I did. I bought that book in high school, and I don't think I ever cracked the cover open. But here I am now. With I'm the ready. illustrated edition. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have these really fancy versions of uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings that say that they're from the 60s. I don't fucking believe it. I think that these are reprints. Why do you think either they're way they're reprints? Like, like when they have the, is, the born on date, I forget what the actual name of it is, but I call it a born on date now. So. The publication date. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The born on date. Well, yeah. And they both just say, <laughs> um, copyright like 1966 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that very well could be accurate, but there's like no other information on it. You know how there's always like first edition published this date. And then there's like a whole list of it. Maybe it's just so old that it only lists the was, one date. I was going to say, it wouldn't have that because it, it just, they, don't, they didn't know there was going to be a second edition, right? That's true. <laughs> I have another old copy of Lord of the Rings on hand here. Let's look at the publication date on this. Now, this has got to be a newer one. Um, okay, yeah, this has all the info. Copyright 1954 all the way up to 1987. This one's from 80s. Okay, there you but, go. But yeah, the other one, I guess it's a collector's edition type thing. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is a big red uh, collection of the three books with like a slip case that it goes into. It's very fancy. It was a gift someone gave to me in high school. Um, my friend's mom. <laughs> so it just says like, <laughs> um, you know, happy birthday, love. And then like their whole family scrawled on the first page of this really, really <laughs> fancy, expensive book. But you know what? It's nice. Autumn um, for a while was collecting recipe books from people because... As their oh, fun. grandparents would die, they would just put their like grandmother's old recipe book on eBay or whatever, and like you could get it for like five or ten dollars. And they're always like filled with these like such interesting notes and kind of cool stuff. Uh-huh. And it was just like you would pick it up and you read it, and you'd be like, "This is a shame." That like I get it. Like I've definitely thrown out yeah. like family heirlooms because like what the fuck am I going to do with this forty-eight by twenty-four painting of my grandfather? Like I don't. I knew what the dude looked like. I'm not going to hang this in my house anywhere. Right, but right. I'm going to you know take a picture of my phone and, with my phone, and then it's I'm going to have it forever. I'm good. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but so I can definitely I, um, see like why they would do it. But like at the same time, you're just like, oh, yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I was buying some Ari Salvatore book. You know, does like D and D stuff. Um. And he has like another series not related to that. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick these up. So I look on eBay and somebody had like a hardcover set for really cheap. So I was like, great, let me let me pick these up. I got like five books from this person and every single one of them was autographed to someone named Chris. <laughs> so <laughs> which I did not realize. I was like, well, this is destiny <laughs> that I that these books came to me. Absolutely score, huh? Yeah. Uh never read them though. Didn't got them and then I just you know, I was over it by then. So Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay. All right. Whew. New Silent Hill. Just, hmm? A New Silent Hill. Oh, yeah, you sent me that link. Do you think it's, think it's for real? It, I got a package. I got distracted. Yeah. Do you, do, see. do you think it's for real? Uh, outsourced the Silent Hill project to a prominent Japanese developer. It's probably for a fucking mobile game. A hundred percent, right? Like, because Konami, Konami, not Konami, Konami, whatever you call it. Um, I just don't have any faith that they would actually do something good with that franchise. Who, who else does big horror in in uh, for Japanese developers right now? Because obviously it was Capcom and Konami were kind of the two mm-hmm. uh biggest groups out there. Who we had, you know, Fatal Frame. Who did Fatal Frame? I do not know. I'm looking at the back of the game right now. Yeah. Project. Techno games. Well, it's just, it's hard to tell because the, the American version of fatal frame, it has the ugliest cover ever. Oh my God. Um, and it just says based on a true story, which is just flat out. Not true. It's not in the Japanese version. It just, for some reason, they thought that would help the game sell. 
Um, according to VGC sources, Konami pitched Silent Hill to Supermassive, who developed Until Dawn at some point, but it didn't work out. There's also rumors that Konami is doing two reboots, the supposed Japanese game being one of them. Also, take all what of if it's What if it's FromSoft? What if FromSoft is doing that's, Silent Hill? That's the second response to this, is From Software is Silent Hill. And um, there's also... That would be so fucking sick. Someone also <laughs> has like a picture of um, non-S in this. <laughs> <laughs> like and I'm like I, like I don't really think that I don't know. Where Enix? I, I mean, like I, I guess I think it's more so like uh, Kataro, but like I, that dude is not a horror guy at, at all, right? Like he's Mm-mm. just he's just Mm-mm. not made anything like that. So I don't know why. I don't even know that from software would be able to, a real good fit for that. To be honest with you, yeah, from software just stole all their ideas from Inuyasha anyway. So. I am hanging up this phone call. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know that for sure, dude. Every time we just watch Inuyasha, I'm like, damn, that's in Dark Souls. That thing that we just saw on the screen, that's in Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, and I know it's because they, you know, they're drawing from uh, Japanese folklore and not from Inuyasha. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> the similarities are crazy. Oh my like, god! Forget you... Berserk. It's all about Inuyasha. Can you believe that the Simpsons stole this from Inuyasha? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that all along. Um. Speaking of Square Enix, go back, going back a page. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, did you try out um, Project Triangle Strategy? I did not. No, I I saw, I watched the trailer this morning. That's about as much as I did. So, and I was like, oh, that looks like the Octopath game that I didn't play. So yeah, also didn't play that. But this, they um, actually got a text from uh, my friend Joe, who was like, oh yeah, not 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 too much in the direct. Like, he wasn't too wasn't too impressed by what they showed. But um, he said, oh, there's like a Final Fantasy Tactics like like game in there mm-hmm. so i was like okay now i gotta check out this direct let me skim through this and um a lot of really weird like not weird but like niche games announced in in this direct Just, yeah I was... and i was fully expecting them to like show something big like new metroid or whatever it was not because i particularly care one way or the other but they haven't done a direct like this since 2019 they did the animal crossing one and i think they did a pokemon one last year but they haven't done just like a general here's some new games direct in a super long time. I was um I was kind of hoping for Breath of the Wild 2 news even though mm-hmm. like that I knew I knew for a fact I wasn't getting myself hype on it. I just was like maybe now is the time. Like it's been a long time. Maybe we'll see a new trailer with some gameplay or something. Mm-hmm. Um and instead I got the Skyward Sword remaster which I'm actually like kind of into um I just skyward sword like it was kind of cumbersome to play because of the control scheme um and i don't think that's going to change at all because they're like showing you oh hey you can use the joy cons and hold up your shield and i'm like that sounds exhausting and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um but the the big thing the big like negative thing for skyward sword for me is like every time you would quit the game and you would enter back into the game it seemed like it reset all of the tutorial tips so so like if i stop playing the game today and then i pick it up the next morning tomorrow morning Every time I pick up a rupee, I'm going to get like a little 10 second thing about what a rupee I don't is. Like that. Yeah, dude, it was really miserable. Like, oh, here's a bomb. I, it can open up secret passages. And I'm like, I'm 40 <laughs> hours into this game. And also, I am 40 yeah. years old. I know what yeah, rupees I, are. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's, I was literally having like shower thoughts about that earlier today because I played Project Triangle Strategy. I can't, it takes me 25 seconds to say that whole title. It's a, it's a bad um, name. So. It's a, and they say working title and i feel like I, I would think i was tweeting this but like they were like okay here here's our game this is what it's called and somebody in marketing was like no you didn't you didn't just stick with this name right and they're like no no that's that's the title like, okay okay i'm putting working title we're gonna have a meeting about this this is bad because it's a really incredibly bad name um it is it's it's cumbersome to say like there's uh bravely default i think is some of the same creators Bravely Default is not a good name for a video game, but it's not hard to say, right? Yeah. Like I can, mm-hmm. it's it's well, it's certainly less syllables than Project Triangle Strategy, which I can't even remember, despite how many times I've said it now. Um, anyway, forget all that. Speaking of tutorials, I was thinking I enjoyed the demo to that game so much because they're just dropping you into the middle of it. It isn't, um, you know, s- slowly introducing characters and concepts or anything like that. It it just gives like a, a little thing that says hey by the way you might be a little confused because this is just the middle of the game um and the plot's not going to make sense but just but just roll with it um but it kind of did immediately make sense you you your your group rolls up into a situation where one the ruler of like one nation 
has like taken the prince of another nation hostage and then he kills him and now you realize oh shit we're all about to go to war um and your party knows some secrets that they're not supposed to know i don't really know what's going on but i'm able to pick up enough of the vibe Mm -hmm. so that when it's time to escape and like the actual battle section starts i was invested already uh and there was very very little in the way of tutorial and it made a huge difference in me being able to just like pick it up and play it i hate playing a demo especially where it's like here's how you do this swing your sword by doing this i understand that's that's helpful if you don't know what you're doing you want to be able to learn what you're doing yeah of course (laughs) but i also just kind of want to be able to figure it out and play um and this gave you like a couple screens to read through like yeah this is if you do a backstab it does more damage you know position your characters carefully to get through it that and that was it and then i was just i was just off to the races and i played for like 45 minutes and had a really fucking good time um super super excited for that game just not its name i um i get i kind of wish that tutorials would go to not tutorials but video game makers in general would like some of them do like they're like skip tutorial messages you can just disable in the options go right into it like you've never played the game like you've always played the game or whatever you know exactly what you're doing but Mm -hmm. and i get so the 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 pacing of those tutorial sections are so annoying to me sometimes that i just can't like I, I, I just it's so frustrating. Um, I picked up, um, Desperados Three. Do you know anything about that game? Uh, no, I don't think so. So it's um, it's like a, it's a tactics game set in the old west. Um, you have like a squad of dudes, and you're like, you can position them, and you can create like a little battle plan, and then execute the plan, and they'll all do the things that you have them do. And so far, like everybody has unique abilities and all this other stuff. Um, and the tutorial was actually kind of interesting because it was you as a child, like running along and your dad is teaching you how to do stuff. Um, so it wasn't like, I'm a 40 year old cowboy who's never shot a gun before. It was like, I'm a 13 year old kid that's just like throwing coins to my dad to, for, to enemies so that my dad can sneak over and kill him or something. Um, Mm -hmm. and I thought Mm -hmm. that was really good, but man, I've been, yeah. Because of my... That's how Red Dead Revolver starts you off. You play as like a little boy version of yourself. Interesting. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So... Uh, I'm not Ryu Hayabusa right now, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm, I'm doing just yet. Little just calm Hayabusa. down. <laughs> but uh, I, I just... I play so many... Because I've been... I just haven't been able to focus on any one particular thing. Like, I've been playing so many, like, intros to games lately that it just gets really annoying where I'm like, uh, okay, this is just exhausting. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm bored in your tutorial, which I don't think is a good place to be. Dude, I keep getting that with these JRPGs. I have to really be in the right mood, and right now I'm not. And it sucks because I'm so close to finishing Persona 5. Well, I'm not. That's probably not true. Um, I'm pretty far into Trails of Cold Steel 3. Still haven't finished that from last year. Um, And the fourth one's out now. But I just, like, I don't want to read stuff in between. I know. Like, when I pick up the game, I want to be able to play. And I loaded up um, the dungeon I'm in in Persona 5, and it's like, okay, great. let's, Let's do some stuff. I'm in, I'm literally in the dungeon already, like ready to fight enemies. And then it's like, okay, no, but you got to go like play the slot machines over there. Cause it, that's the theme of this dungeon that you're in is, is a casino. Um, and it, I turned it off after five minutes, like didn't save it or anything like that. I was just like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this. I am ready to see the finale of this story. And I don't want to wait another six months until I get the urge to replay the game because then it's going to lose so much of its, you know, I don't know, power all over mm-hmm. me, I guess, like the story itself um if i wait that long to finish it but right now i don't have the energy for pulling levers and shit doesn't matter if i set the difficulty down to zero <laughs> like it's still gonna make me do this tedious shit that i don't feel like doing 85 hours into a game i don't want to play slot machines i want to fight the final boss yeah i want to i want to kill god that's what i'm here to do yeah, like i can't i've been god. going to school all this time to kill god and you're not letting me kill god for some reason if like, i i have been studying three times a week to raise my knowledge not because i wanted to play slot machines but because i wanted to kill god because i want to kill god that's the only reason i am here and you're not letting me do that like i'm not i'm not here to connect uh, your printer or format your hard drive i'm here to kill god come on so that being said that was actually a big thing that really got me excited about this new strategy game mm-hmm. i'm not saying the name again um project bravely like strategy this, triangle yeah the third this this political like intrigue going on like it seems like it's a pretty serious like solid dark fantasy setting and nobody is talking about high school and i was super super into it it's the same as you know final fantasy tactics has a, has a much you know more serious political fantasy setting um and yeah it just feels it's 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 the vibe right now my friend it is the vibe right now it's the vibe i am um, i might stick with desperados i don't know like i'm usually not into old west stuff that much but there's kind of a 
an interesting thing about this game that I'm kind of into. Like I, I really want to find a tactics game that I'm good at, Chris. <laughs> and it's 2021, and we're you know we're playing games on easy mode now. I don't know if we made that announcement on the podcast, but yeah, um, that's that's the thing. That's the thing that I have decided. Um, and I did. I, I started it on beginner level so that I would have more health or whatever. And I, um, that also lets you quick save anywhere and load your quick saves anywhere. So like you don't have that's to. That's very good. So like literally, and the game will literally prompt you like a thing will come up on the screen. And be like it's been one minute since you saved. Shouldn't you do that? I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I should. <laughs> Shit, I don't want to redo any of this shit. Yeah, yeah, I never want to redo anything again, and that's a bad thing for a game mm-hmm. to do for me right now is to make me redo anything because then I'll just quit. Yeah, that kept happening to me in uh, in Neo. It um, I got stuck on this boss, which it kind of just turned out like I didn't have the right gear for the boss, um, or I was a little under leveled because all I ended up doing, and it took me fucking three hours, was just like leveling up a couple times, and then I melted this thing. So I was like, oh okay, like. It all came down to stats at the end, and that always kind of sucked. But, um, so, like, in Dark Souls, if you get killed, you drop your souls, for lack of a better term. You know, your, your thing, your, your souls will stay wherever you die, and you have to go and you collect it. If you die on your way to collecting your souls, of course, you lose them. Mm-hmm. But now you have a new checkpoint. So if I lost 10,000 souls, but I gained 5,000 along the way, then I drop those 5,000. So now I can go back and I can at least collect that. So what was happening with Neo was that I would die during the boss. So the only way to get my souls back is to enter the boss arena, which I don't want to do. So I'm going to run around. I'm going to level up a little bit. But then if I died while I was trying to level up, I would lose everything I left in the boss arena and also just lose everything that I, I just gained. So I would spend like an hour leveling up and then I would randomly die and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I didn't pick up my souls to begin with. And now that hundred thousand oh, souls I was sitting on that just all vanished. I can't even go pick that up now. It just that's disappeared too. And I'm back to zero. And that happened to me like three or four times. So I was bashing my head against the wall, just trying to level up and not fuck myself over. I would be but man, so it was frustrated, not man. I would be so incredibly frustrated. That's not fun, Chris. That's not what no, I want to do with not. my life. Anyway, apparently what I'm, I want to do with my life is just you want to talk about supernatural, watch TV shows that I've already seen. That's the only thing that I do anymore. So, um, yeah, we can talk about Supernatural. Let's roll. 